This podcast has been brought to you by AD Banker and Company. They help you meet your insurance continuing education online and with webinars in ways not as boring as you'd think. Their live class webinar courses are available every week, year-round, on multiple topics with no final exams. Learn more at adbanker.com. In his new book, entitled Discussion Partner, Troy Korsgaden cautions producers about not getting left behind. The insurance industry is going through a revolution, but too many carriers, brokers, agents, and team members aren't keeping up with the changes. Today, we live in an Amazon.com world of convenience, information, and choices. People expect every product and service, including insurance, to be as easy and efficient to purchase as a book or, say, a piece of luggage. In this book, Troy invites you to wake up to the radical transformation that is taking place in the insurance industry. Follow his advice and earn the right to be trusted by existing clients and new prospects alike. Eventually, all of us will become multi-line reps, selling a wide range of products and services. To compete in this market, we have to excel in providing unrivaled service. Troy, it's wonderful to have you on the program. Uh, Welcome back. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate it. See, I'm uh, sure that uh, many of our listeners have heard you speak at different conferences or maybe a company event, uh, and quite a few have probably even read your books. Uh, But just in case we've got some new listeners, uh, could you take just a minute before we get started and share with everybody a little bit about your background and your experience? Fantastic. Well, let's just make sure I keep this short for you and your listeners. Uh, I started back in 1983 in the insurance world. I had a manager who hired me, and uh, I went with an exclusive company. And with his support, I started out. I liked a kid that they gave me a big old book of business called The Phone Book. And uh, back in the early 80s, 1983 and on, I scratched out an agency working by myself. And I did that for seven years with his encouragement over many years of uh, encouraging me to hire staff. I finally did in my seventh year. And when I took his advice, I almost doubled the size of my book of business in less than 18 months, what had taken me seven years alone to do. And I just really had phenomenal growth from there. I just kept hiring new people to assist me, fill in the voids where I didn't do things so well. And it was a learning process, but I was able to grow one of the larger exclusive agencies in America, along with my sister who joined me a couple years later. And we've been a brother and sister tag team on the agency side. From there, I wrote a book called Power Position Your Agency, and good fortune struck me and sold over 100,000 copies of that, mainly because there was not a lot of competition out in the marketplace, but also because nobody had ever written a book like that. So that good fortune catapulted me into the consulting world, where today I consult most every company you can think of in some capacity on distribution issues, technology issues, marketing issues, etc., and that's that's the cliff note version. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's cool, and uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you've got a wonderful reputation in the business. I don't want to, I don't want to make you uh, turn red or blush or anything, but uh, you've got a wonderful reputation in the business. Uh, say, okay. you've written quite a number of of uh, best selling books, and you've recently come out with a new title uh, called Discussion Partners. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what was the catalyst for writing that. 
really the catalyst uh, has been coming for me for quite some time, but it's just a matter of timing. I could really see personally where service is everything. And uh, now in the Amazon world, the consumer is in control, and they're not going to accept business as usual in any industry, including the insurance industry. They want it when they want it, how they want it, and uh, they want it now. And so that's really what the book is about, giving such great service that uh, you are in the right to add products and services as you go forward. And hopefully we'll get to talk a little bit about that in our conversation today. You bet. Uh, now, you had sent me a copy last week, and I appreciate that. I took it home with me and, and took a read through uh, over the weekend. It was, a, it was a great read and knocked it out in a short period. And uh, one of the things I picked up early on in your earlier chapters, uh, you made reference to, uh, and I kind of put the quote, there are a couple of factors that consumers can control regarding their purchases of insurance. Uh, one, uh, they can pick which representative or carrier that they're going to buy the policy from. And two, how they're going to buy it. And they can buy it either from a representative in his or her office, they can do it over the internet, or they can do it over the phone. Uh, you know, how does that uh, shape up uh, it, from your perspective? And, you know, where does an agent uh, go to differentiate himself? Yeah, that's, that's a great, great question to ask. The differentiator is the local agent. And carriers are now looking at their distribution. And I, you know, whether, whether it's the carrier you purchase from or the individual locally or even somebody on an 800 call or digitally, there's always somebody you're doing business with. I like to think that in the end, when we get to the end of the rainbow, it all ties together. So if I'm a local distributor or I'm a carrier in a city far, far away, we're all working together in a seamless distribution of product and service, and service being at the front. It's the apex of everything. And then again, trickling down to them wanting to do every product and every service and insurance and financial services with that one gateway to all things insurance and financial services. You know, Don't you think that uh, an agent uh, personally in their office also uh, can position themselves to uh, be one who is more in a protective mode to protect their personal information because these financial transactions can be simple or quite complex. Yeah, definitely. And it makes sense that they're going to want to protect their data, the ways to contact the customer, the ways uh, when policies expire. But we're coming into a world where there's going to be total transparency, a total view into pricing, product, costs, um, the things the consumer couldn't see before they had no control over, eventually we're going to hit that tipping point, and I predict that it'll be in less than three years where there will be total transparency. So that just means that at some point you're going to have to give up that data because somebody's going to be able to get it another way, and I could make examples for that on a smaller level, but we're heading into a much bigger situation where the whole world is going to be transparent to everybody. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I know uh, you dig pretty deep uh, when you're doing your background work and research. Uh, you mentioned uh, a leadership advisory firm. Uh, I think it was GH Smart. Uh, what did they uh, have to say about uh, the topic that you're working on? Yeah, there were several that mirrored this, but I used them uh, to cite in the book because 
leaders who are thinking about the future and not just on the short term. And I and I believe that the leaders at a carrier level or leaders in, in the, the smaller cities that are running a brokerage firm or a small exclusive agency, they have to think short term, but they got to be thinking long term. And the long term, the folks that are thinking strategically that way, uh, they're doing the six to seven times better than those that aren't. They're spending half of their time, as I cited in the book, uh, working on the future. So, yes, we got to mine the store here today, uh, but we got to be looking out. And I, I personally, the catalyst of the book was the consumer. Uh, the consumer desires and has every right to expect great service. And they don't have three dentists. They don't have three CPAs. They don't have three lawyers. They have one of each. And they want to do business easy, and that's the digital part. Maybe that's the 800 number. But ultimately, I uh, use another reference in the book, uh, the ATM machine did not get rid of the personal banker. Uh, when you go deposit your check, sure, an ATM machine is much easier. You're in and out. You do it at whatever time you want. Today, we push a button on our cell phone, and we can deposit a check. But if I inherit three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000, I don't go down to my ATM machine. So it all works together. Uh, the banking institution has to offer all these opportunities for the customer to do business the way they want to in the insurance world up to this point. And we have to be honest with ourselves. We told them how to buy, when to buy, what to buy, and are there little deviations and little simplifications, yes, but there's never been a breakthrough, you know, any way the customer wants to do it. And in retail, they refer to it as the omni-channel. Uh, to me, you know, Google calls it one single pane of glass. You know, everything hooked together uh, through technology. But I don't think technology only is going to win the day. I think it takes people and people they know and trust. You know, I I, uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, it, uh, you probably, Troy, talk with as many or maybe even more active producers and agents in the business than anybody else out there. Uh, do you see a shift or shifts taking place uh, among independent reps and exclusive reps, uh, whether they be independent or they be exclusive? Yeah, I work with both, uh, both at the principal level, the producer level, the account executive level. You know, as as I work with these folks, they all have the same goals in mind. I, every carrier I work with wants to give great service. They want to give the best product at the best cost. Price isn't everything, but it's important, right? Uh, it's the same thing at a local level when you're working with independent agencies, brokers, or you're working with exclusive agents in their system. They all want to give the customer what they want. However, they're hindered in different ways. It might be technology and some distribution systems. It might be training. It might be product. It might be cost pricing. Uh, but nobody's cracked the DNA. I think the DNA is going to be cracked because the customer, again, demands it, and they're not going to accept anything less than the type of service or the options they're getting with other types of products in the marketplace. You mentioned uh, a process called, uh, I think it was simplified underwriting in the life mm -hmm. insurance niche that could have some pretty compelling uh, impacts on uh, the ease of which people could buy life insurance. So could you explain to our listeners a little bit about what that's about? Sure. Let me split that into two buckets here. The first one is 
people want their lives to be easier. You know, uh, computers were coming out, and everybody thought, well, we'll just have more leisure time. Yeah, just speed it up. He works, she works, or maybe it's a single family. Uh, there just isn't enough time in the day. By the time you uh, get the kids ready for school, you know, pack their lunch, pick them up, do dinner. It's about time to watch one TV show and go to bed. Uh, I just, I, I really think, um, from my vantage point, the easier you can make somebody's life, the better it is. So there comes a second bucket. I think as insurance professionals, a lot of times, not all, but a lot of us make it complicated so there's more of a value to doing business with us. I understand this. I may be smarter than you, or that's what the, the vibe we let off. I, I, I've never been a believer in that. It's easy. Life insurance is easy. It's my job to simplify it. Uh, business insurance can be easy. It's my job to simplify it. So I want the customer to feel that when I'm talking to them, even if it is a little bit complicated, it's not scary. And the simplified underwriting processes we do on some smaller life applications, and you're seeing it be expanded, there's proof that shows if it's easy, people want to do it. They just don't want to do something they don't understand or they might look stupid on or, you know, uh, that's just cumbersome because they just don't have enough time. So the, the things that we can do in the life insurance was one small example. Uh, the easier we can make it for them, the more they're going to want to do business with us. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, I personally don't, I haven't got any experience on the retail side of insurance. Uh, I've been on the, recruitment and training side for my career. So it's a, a term that I wasn't necessarily familiar with, but you used in your book uh, the term win rate. Uh, is that a metric that insurance company uh, carriers yeah. use? And, and, and how formal it is as an industry, you know, I'll leave that to the experts, but as I deal with individual carriers, most of them have what they call a win rate. And let's just use auto or or property insurance, the two biggest examples. If a producer or an agent or their staff team member is to quote a household, a piece of business, an auto, whether it's a monoline auto or whether it's multiple line across a lot of products, if they quote 100 autos, the win rate might be somewhere around 20%, and that's about the average of what we see. And these are monoline carriers, multi-line carriers, but their win rate, if you're above 20%, you're doing better than the average. If you're below, you need to work on your selling skills, your approach skills, and or the carrier needs to revise their pricing mechanisms, however they price their product. So uh, to me, it's not like the old days when I first started. I could pretty much size somebody up walking through the door, and I could, you know, with 80% certainty, or 90% certainty, say, I'm going to write this household because I knew if they were going to fit into who I was representing. Today, it's just not that way. It, it, when you're dealing in personal lines especially, you know, it's it's a win ratio that uh, you, you better be working on your skills and your approach and talking to the right people. Otherwise, you're spending a lot of time on people that aren't specifically going to buy now or in the future. Yeah. You have, uh, I know, worked with large consulting companies. Uh, you've mm-hmm. served as a subject matter expert on consumer studies, and you've led several initiatives out there to find out what different customers want from both insurance carriers and producers. 
what are some of your conclusions? Well, I could talk all day on this subject, but let's just take the biggest one that I put into the book. Um, there are customers, and they call them customer segmentation, who you're dealing with. So as a great philosopher once said, there's only 24 hours in a day, and you don't want to get through the day. You want to get from the day. To do that, you have to have a defined um, prospect, a defined customer you want to do business with. So I've taken all the studies with all the really large consulting companies and come up with my own conclusion, and that is there are four customer segments. One is the discussion partner, all of the book. These are people that uh, don't want to be sold and they don't want to be told. They just want somebody to help them hold their hand and make sure they're making the right decisions for their family and their businesses if they have one. The relationship clients, which is really what I grew up on from the 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s, was really people that you know I grew up with. They know and trust me from uh, my um, worship. They know and uh, trust me from being in a club with them or being in some type of activity. But we know we know I'm in the community, and so they just hand over their insurance, and they're not as um, today not as interested in getting into the weeds. The discussion partner, they definitely want to know the specifics. Um, the third people are the ones that I'm the most worried about, and those are the folks that uh, the children of the longtime clients. They used to be brand loyal, so they would just automatically come over to the brand you were representing. They don't do that today. you got to give them reasons, too. So we got to get to them earlier. I go about it in the book and explain why you have to form a relationship with them before they inherit the money or they they get the job or, you know, they get to start making their own decisions. And then the last segment is uh, segment four, which are price-driven people. Now, there are two buckets here. One is the price-driven person that uh, only wants the lowest price. That's not my customer personally, but there's a place for them. Uh, and there are companies that go after just that business. And then there are people that come in on price, but they'll still pay more for value. So I, in my life seminars and in my books, I talk a lot about value as a perception and making sure you get it across correctly. So that that's the four biggies out of there. But again, I could talk all day if we wanted to. You know, a couple of times, you uh, know, maybe a couple of different chapters, uh, you elaborated on a message that I felt was very simple, uh, but yet very powerful. And, you know, it's funny how sometimes the most powerful things are simple ones that are right in front of us. But it was very powerful in terms of the impact that it could make on somebody's business. And you said, uh, uh, which was telling clients exactly what will happen next. Why do you think most uh, your average agents overlook this simple thing? Well, you know, and I have empathy because they're so busy. I mean, when you look, if you're a multi-line agent, and I believe life agents today are multi-line agents because they sell disability, long-term care, other types of products, life, financial services, that's a multi-line agent. Uh, in my world, when I say multi-line, I mean property and casualty, life, sharing sales, financial services. We have a person in here that does health insurance. you got to know a lot of stuff. And so you're, you've always got somebody in the lobby. you got somebody on hold, somebody you need to call back. So, again, empathy for the agents and their team members because they have so much going on. However... That just one little simple extra step that you caught, and thank you for catching it, is so important. And we train our people that we work with 
to always say, hey, thanks for coming in. That's why we're here. It's part of a script. We literally script everything. Ad-libs are for amateurs. And so we'll say, here's what you can expect next. You're going to get an endorsement in the mail for this car change. Let me explain what an endorsement is. And we give them a very simple explanation. But we don't use insurance lingo like BI and PD. It's bodily injury and property damage. Hey, Dennis, let me explain to you what that means. That takes two seconds. And and by using lingo, uh, they're usually confused and they're afraid to ask, right? Especially people mm-hmm. that are smart people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would never want you walking out of my office going, I don't understand half the stuff that guy said. And I don't want to go back in there because I kind of feel not that smart every time I go in there. So they have a, they have a right to expect what's going to happen next. And it also does a couple things here for your listeners, for both the carrier and the broker agent and the team members. By telling them what's going to happen next, they're not calling you up going, hey, I just got this in the mail. Do I need to worry about this? Uh, I just got this and I don't understand it. They knew what was going to happen. The only reason for them to call is something dramatic happened that we weren't expecting. Well, that doesn't happen that often. But we get a lot of what you could call nuisance calls because we didn't take the extra less than a minute to explain what was going to happen next. So I'm glad you you caught that in the book. It's important. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, our listeners understand, uh, you know, our business model is not actually selling books. Uh, you know, our focus is to be an industry key resource to identify and feature titles and speakers that we feel will be most helpful for those people who really want a greater than average growth of their business, or possibly they're new and they're considering a career in insurance and financial services and have an opportunity. Uh, you know, I know they'd love to travel to Visalia to sit down and visit, but maybe that's not practical to be able to hear your story and uh, how to go about uh, how they could become successful in their practice as well. Uh, I was delighted to pick up on your message of, and I quote, an agent must earn the right to represent more products in the client's household. When you were talking about you know, transitioning the industry from more of a product-centric to a service-centric business. Could you elaborate uh, on that uh, central theme a little bit? Yeah, I love that question because I really think that's the heart of the book, but it's the heart of the future. So as we think about giving great service and earning that right, that means uh, you don't think about, okay, what am I going to make off of this account? Uh, You put the customer first in everything that you do. And you don't put the trip that you're going to win. You don't put the commission or bonus ahead of that. That just naturally comes because you do a great job. And as I look out into the future, I see a world of total open architecture where there's total transparency. And that means that if I'm an agent or I'm a broker, I'm not always going to get paid on every transaction I do. Do I want to? Of course. Do I want to get a split commission on a complicated case where somebody I brought in has more expertise than me? Yes. But the truth is, if the client has a need, my job is to fill it. And if I fill it enough, I become an expert on that particular line of insurance. I use an example of uh, aircraft insurance or equine insurance, and maybe I don't have enough of that business to support a full-time specialist on my staff. 
But if I do that enough and I do it some in some cases for free or I disclose to the client I got a commission uh, later, I might be able to be an expert in aircraft in my agency and have a full-time person uh-huh. or a solid relationship I can always go to. So, again, just putting the client at the center of everything and not as a slogan, uh, but the rest will fall into place. So just to, to kind of reminder to everyone, uh, our guest today is uh, Troy Korsgaden, who is uh, with Korsgaden International, and uh, our topic is his new book that he just recently released, Discussion Partner, A Radical Transformation to Unrivaled Service in the Insurance Industry. If anybody would like to pick up a copy, you're welcome to do so on, I believe, Amazon, or I find if you just Google uh, Korsgaden, uh, you're obviously right there and you give them instructions for that. Or you can come to our podcast website at Insurance Radio and we've got a link to Troy's website uh, right there. So, hey, Troy, it has been great catching up with you and hearing about the developments uh, in your life. And uh, uh, and uh, thank you for dialing in today. Thank you, Dennis. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, hi. You're still here. Since you are, could we ask you a question? We would like to hold a short interview with the most successful producers with your company. These personal stories, shared by the individuals themselves, is an important step in attracting new people to the insurance and financial services industry. Just go to contact us on our insuranceradio.com webpage and submit your recommendation or referral of who we should interview next. Thank you.